Yo, this episode is brought to you by the homies. The homies are the Black Window Cream supporters who contribute on Patreon. And without you guys, running this podcast wouldn't be possible. So if you want to get next week's podcast episode a week early, become a homie on our Patreon page at jointhehomies.com. And we are back with another Black Window Cream Morning Roast Podcast episode. I am your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Realverse World. If you are new to the Morning Roast episodes, let me explain what you're about to dip into. The goal of the Morning Roast is to provide you with some midweek motivation and help you kill the game even more than you already are. I've been lucky enough to find some mild success in my career. It was a long journey to get to this point. I've learned a lot, so I'm trying to wake y'all up and give you mad shortcuts so that you can dodge some of the mistakes I made and turn your shit up to 10. I encourage you to jot down three three takeaways that you get from this episode and post them on your Instagram story tagging black window cream. If yours is fire, I'll screenshot it and read it in next week's podcast episode, which will be cool, but it could be also cool to share some wisdom with your audience and encourage them to go a little harder in their day. So yeah, do that because that shit's cool. I'm also excited to announce that we just launched our Patreon page. Patreon is a way for the listeners of Black Window Cream podcast and the members of the Black Window Cream community to support what we are doing and help us grow this community to the next level. We've created a bunch of awesome perks. Like right now, if you go and become a contributor, you get early access to our unreleased episode, which doesn't come out until this Sunday, featuring P. Diddy's photographer and director, Kaido. So if you've gained any value by listening to this Black Window Cream podcast or being a part of the private Black Window Cream community on Facebook, open up your web browser and go to jointhehomies.com and become a homie. We appreciate you, homie. Thank you for the support, homie. Also, I want to send a special thank you to everyone who's been sending me screenshots of them listening to last week's podcast episode number 46. I've had so many people asking me about my personal story, so I was happy to have my boy Andrew Sandler come on the Black Window Cream podcast and interview me. Um, if you haven't heard that episode, check it out now. All right, that's it. Leave us a review on YouTube or iTunes so they know that we are lit. Um, that helps us a ton to help our podcast reach new creators out there that are searching for the keys. So the merch store is currently shut down. My apologies, but we are working on some fire fucking shit that will be worth the wait. In the meantime, like I said earlier, if you want to support Black Window Cream, make sure to visit jointhehomies.com to support us on Patreon. If you join the squad, make sure to DM me a screenshot on my Instagram at Ben Rivers World when you pledge so I can personally thank you for the support. Enjoy the work week. Keep creating. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday and Sunday for a new Black Window Cream episode episode and without further ado i bring to you another banger of a morning roast in the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now attention if you stop this podcast recording at any time you will die i don't want to die do you want to live you have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die i'm kidding you won't die you're just weak shit for not sharing and the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to black with no cream what do you think it's so fucking dumb and so fucking ben Haggerty. i knew you would say that what's up homies it is fucking 2019 how crazy is that shit it's time to kick it the fuck in gear we are back with the motherfucking morning roast, and I think that you guys are gonna like this one. Before we get started, I just wanna remind you that today is January 16th, which means we're already halfway through the first month of the new year. I hope all of you took some time after New Year's to sit down and think hard about all you want to accomplish this year. I encourage you to write down all of your goals in all the different aspects of your life, big and small. Write down all the bad habits you want to break and all the good ones you want to form. Make a game plan, hold yourself accountable, and go attack this year. Go get yours, champion. We are already 4% through the year. 
Don't wait any longer. Start making moves now. Okay, back to our regular scheduled programming or whatever the fuck they say. Some of the most common questions in our group have to do with money. What should I charge? How should I price my work? Is this amount too much or too little? Money is a touchy subject for everyone, so no one really wants to talk about it openly. I think this leads to a lack of information out there for aspiring creatives in regards to charging for work which leads to the lack of confidence when they are negotiating rates with potential clients. One thing I have noticed consistently is that there are a lot of people that are afraid of charging too much or too little for their services. I have definitely been there before in the beginning stages of my career. This is interesting to me. Why is it that we are naturally afraid of charging too much for our work, especially starting out? Do motherfucking lawyers and doctors feel bad when they charge you for their services? Does Apple feel bad when they charge you $1,200 for an iPhone? Hell nah. If you are capable of doing the job with quality, then why should you be afraid of charging for quality? I think a large part of this lack of confidence comes from the fear of losing out on a gig or being denied. So many creatives are afraid of saying a number too high and then losing out on a potential opportunity that they want badly. So you lowball and settle for a rate that doesn't fully encompass all the time and expenses that the project entails. Or you settle for a rate that simply doesn't represent the value of your work. Just want to take a moment to uh, shout out the annoying ass fucking sounds of cars outside my window that keep driving by and rain um there's nothing i can do about it until we get a bunch of you guys to pledge uh on our patreon page so i can get a proper office and sound treat it so we don't have to hear those fucking garbage trucks and shit anyway back to this podcast you always have to remember this being a freelancer by definition means you don't get a consistent salary or health benefits or retirement plans like other professionals do you don't have a company covering your food or your travel You have to eat all the expenses associated with the work you do. So this means you have to take charge and get what you deserve every time you work so you can make a legitimate living being a creative. Like I said earlier, I think a lot of this comes down to lack of information, which leads to a lack of confidence. So I'm here to give you the information and the confidence to go out and get what you deserve on your next project. Here are four things you need to consider when you quote your next client. Before we start, I want to talk about how I think you should approach quoting and or invoicing clients. Think of it as if you were a production company creating a budget for a project, detailing all the line items and their cost. Example, editing costs $500, color grading costs $800, catering $400, etc. That is how you should treat your estimates and invoices. It's so much easier for a client to justify paying you a higher rate if they know exactly how the budget is broken down. You may be the one doing all the work, but for all they know, you need to hire all of these different departments to get your idea to come to life, and that shit costs money. Think of this example. Imagine if you went to the store to buy an Xbox, and the price on the shelf said $500, but the box said nothing about why it was so expensive. You would be like, why the fuck would I pay this much for an Xbox? But imagine instead the box told you that you get the Xbox plus two brand new games and two controllers and a free month of membership to the live shit. Then you could understand exactly why the price was $500. Am I right? Stupid example. But the point is you have to lay out to your clients exactly what comes inside the box with your rate so that they know exactly what they're paying for. This is how you charge higher rates without rubbing a client the wrong way. So with that said, back to the four things I want to talk about. First, Rates, aka cost of your time, skill set, and effort. The truth is that there is no one out there that will determine what your rate is for you. Every project is different. Every project requires a different amount of time, effort, and money. So don't just blindly throw a rate out for a project before fully considering all the factors that will go into completing the project. 
Just because you charged X for your last project doesn't mean that the same rate applies to your upcoming project. This next project could take a lot more time and effort than your last, or maybe you've just gotten much more in demand since your past projects, and now you're being offered opportunities that can command higher rates. So your price just went up. If you just throw out the same rate for every project, you will either leave money on the table or outwork your rate or both. So before hitting send on that email, think critically about all the time it would take to complete the project and all the work it will entail. How many total days of shooting and editing will the project require? You may only be shooting two days, but then you forget to bake in the cost of time you spend editing, coloring, and sound designing the project, for example. These are all line items that should be listed out on paper or an email so that the client can see for themselves exactly how much work is going into the project and what cost what. Give yourself an ample amount of time to complete all the necessary work so you don't end up outworking your rate. When setting a day rate or a project rate, use your past work as a reference on the past projects. Did you turn in a product feeling like you walked away with a fair amount of money for the work you put in? If not, then raise your rate. You should always feel like you were compensated properly for your work. Also something to consider is if this is a one-off project, could you see this as a door to future business? Could you parlay this job into more opportunities for yourself? This should weigh into your quote. You should always want to get the max you can on a one-off job versus an opportunity that has future potential. A great example goes back to when I made the decision to go on tour with Schoolboy Q. His label wasn't offering me much money at all for the entire tour. It was pretty fucking low. They didn't know what I was going to supply them with for the content because they had never had a me at that point. I, on the other hand, had just started making some good bread with my clients in LA and I needed to decide if it was worth it for me to stop the money train to take this opportunity and see what I could get out of it or pass on the job. I took the job, which ultimately led me to not only working with Q and building a relationship with him, but going on to work with Beyonce and Jay-Z. It also gave me a fan base, which inspired me to create Black With No Cream community and this podcast. I would do it all over again if I had the chance, but that was the ultimate decision I had to make. But that was the ultimate decision I had to make and outweigh the outcomes. Second is travel and accommodations. Will this job involve travel? Keep in mind, you should still be paid for travel days involved with the project. Even though you may not technically be working per se, you still have to think about it in terms of an opportunity cost. Meaning, because you are working this job, you are not able to take a day rate working for someone else because you had to spend seven hours driving to the location. So, you need to be paid for those theoretical missed opportunities. It is typical to bill half-day rates for travel days. At a minimum, you can even factor in business travel mileage rates, which are about 58 cents per mile, I think, um, if you're driving. You also need to clarify upfront if the client will cover the cost of any flights, meals, shuttles, Ubers, hotels, anything that's going to be involved throughout the course of the project. If not, you need to do the proper research and factor these things into your initial quote so that you cover yourself from having to cover unnecessary expenses. Also, make sure that you and your client agree that you will be reimbursed for any payments you may need to make that surround the project. Check bags, Ubers, etc. You should not feel obligated to spend your own money when you are doing something in the process of working for someone else. For example, if the project requires you to go out and shoot in the city and you have to Uber around or you have to pay an entrance fee to a museum or landmark or whatever the fuck, you should make sure that you were reimbursed because you needed to do that for the job. These little things can add up and eat into your profit on your rate. Third is per diem. This is something everyone should always fight for. 
Ask your client, will food be provided during the workdays? If not, then you should ask for a per diem, a small daily rate that covers the average cost of a meal or two per day in your area. Even if food is provided, the per diem could cover any other miscellaneous expenses that might occur while working for the client, say gas for example. So you should always negotiate to have a per diem regardless. Again, these last two points all come down to protecting yourself from work incurred expenses that eat into your rate and leave you with less at the end of the project than you deserve. Think of these ahead of time. Secure your per diem and your travel and accommodation expenses so that you can walk away with more money for your work. The fourth and last is gear rental fees. If you're a photographer or videographer, for example, you have to think of your camera equipment as an investment and not a sunk cost. In other words, you should be looking to completely recoup your investment so it becomes a money-making asset for you. This happens when the equipment has paid for itself and you are no longer in the red, so to speak, for the equipment. Part of recouping the investment besides landing jobs is offsetting the cost of your equipment by charging a rental rate to your clients and productions. Think about this. If your gear gets damaged while you are shooting for a client, are they obligated to pay for it? Not unless you negotiated. So you need to bake that liability into a quote up front with the rental fee or request that the production insurance will be covered by them. Another way that you could think of this is like I said earlier. As if you were a production company budgeting for a big shoot, for example, a music video. You don't own everything that is needed to pull off the shoot. In that case, would you have to pay for everything on your own? No. You would go broke. Instead, you have to list out and include the cost of everything involved with the shoot and bill to the production, also known as a line item. You should apply the same logic to your own shoots on a smaller scale. You should add the cost of using your equipment into your budgets as if the project was production and needed to go out and get the equipment for the shoot. This covers any wear and tear that might happen during the project and it helps you offset the cost of expensive camera equipment that you don't necessarily need to buy to make a living. This is a bit easier to see the value when you talk about really expensive camera equipment like a red camera. Buying a red is a massive investment. The only way this purchase makes sense is to buy it with the understanding that you can rent it out regularly to not only productions you work on, but also to other shooters needing the red for their projects. Eventually, the goal is that you can pay the red off and it will become an asset that will land you bigger jobs at higher rates. A great example is my friend Alexander Nikishin, who we've used on several of our documentaries and music videos. He's an insane DP out of LA who has been one of the first people to own a red when they first released. He told me at the time that it was so new that his rental rate was so high. It basically paid for the camera within weeks of renting it out on productions. He was also getting brought on to jobs with his expertise for the camera. Each time a new red body would release, he would basically trade up and upgrade to the new one. And each time the rental would pay for itself, allowing him to have a solid ass asset. I need to get that guy in the podcast. Next time you're quoting a job, look up what it would cost to rent the equipment that you own at your nearest rental house or an online site like borrowedlenses.com for the amount of time that the project requires and bill this up front to the client. This is a great way to secure more money for the project you are working on. All right, that's it for today, guys. Something I always say to creators I talk to is know your worth and don't sell yourself fucking short. You deserve to be paid for your craft. If it provides your client value to their business or brand, then they need to pay for it. As a freelancer, you determine how much you make, so stick up for yourself because no one is going to. Don't be afraid to ask for a higher rate for your work. If you lose some clients, that's fine because the ones that you do land will see the value in your work and it will make working with them that much better. Also, consider all the expenses involved in a project before quoting your price so that you protect yourself from unnecessary costs. You don't want to walk away with less than you deserve on each project you take. P.S. Like I've said before, 
write down three things that you've learned in this podcast and share it on your Instagram story and tag me and Black Window Cream so I can see what you think. I'll reshare some fire ones. If you like this episode, then go listen to one of our earlier morning roast episodes titled Always Have a Contract for more tips on how you can outline your jobs more professionally upfront and protect yourself from being outworked or underpaid. Kill the rest of the work week, everyone. Hope you like this episode. Bye-bye, that's it for episode 47, and now I'm going to highlight an outstanding member of the Black Window Cream community. Today's highlight goes to James Harkness. Harkness? I think that's how you say your last name. He has been sharing a ton of content in the Black Window Cream community and provoking conversations left and right, especially around color grading. Thank you, James, for being a fucking solid Black Window Cream member. My guy, keep it up. Everyone, try to find him on the internet. I couldn't find his Instagram, but maybe you can. All right, that's it for today's Morning Roast. Uh, Remember, fuck with us on Patreon if you're a true homie who wants to see this podcast and community grow. Uh, We appreciate every dollar that you can put towards this movement. So join the private community for creators at bwnc.com slash join and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, or whatever the fuck you consume that shit with. We will see you next Sunday, you bitch.